Thank you, Toby, Melissa, and Mary for leading us so ably in worship this morning. It's my pleasure to introduce to you Colin Kerr, who's going to come and preach for us this morning. Colin is uh, here with his wife, Brenda, and his entire family. He has, uh, they have three sons together, Caleb, Jacob, and Joel. Caleb is married to Katie, and they're here with him. He graduated from Southeastern Seminary a few years back and has been pastoring Family Bible Church for the last five and a half years in Evansville, Indiana. And so Colin has been in town this weekend for a special occasion in the life of their family where he was able to say up here yesterday afternoon, Curtis, you may now kiss my mom. So, and he did a phenomenal job of, uh, of uh, officiating and, and leading in that uh, wedding ceremony yesterday for Curtis and Kathy Hunt. And he is now here to preach to us this morning. So Colin, come, brother. Yeah, I wish that uh, I had a nickel for every time someone said to me yesterday, you know, I've never heard a wedding quite like that. <laughs> Neither have I. <laughs> when I was a boy of about five, my dad, Buzz Kerr, some of you know, I'm sure, passed away three and a half years ago. Um, but when I was a boy of about five, my dad often traveled on business. And so my brother and I would look forward to uh, evenings when he would return from a trip, not only because we would get to be with him again, but also because he usually brought something with us or, or with him uh, as a gift for us from when he was traveling. Now, my dad knew how to give cool gifts. He knew the kinds of things that boys the age of my brother and I would like. And so we were into airplanes in those days. And so he would, he would bring home a toy German Messerschmitt or an American Phantom Jet uh, for us boys. And so one night my brother and I were anticipating dog fights in the family room after dad's arrival from one of his trips. Only on this particular trip, dad decided to buy something for us that we actually needed. Like clothes. Now, how he pulled that off, I haven't a clue. I'm pretty sure my mom must have put him up to it, or, or maybe she actually bought the clothes and just said they were from him. But whatever the case, when I opened up those packages and found a pair of Sears Tough Skins. Now, men of a certain age uh, remember these, the, the jeans with the stiff reinforced knees. You remember those? They were like Kevlar. When I opened up the package while visions of spitfires danced in my head and to my dismay found a pair of tough skins instead, I was disappointed to say the least. In fact, I'm still kind of embarrassed to say that I pitched a royal spoiled brat fit. I mean, threw the clothes up in the air. Clothes? I didn't want clothes. Who needs clothes? Well, that night, my parents and I had a little chat <laughs> about being thankful. The truth is, I wasn't thankful. But you can imagine my dad saying, son, I can help you be thankful. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> and I am. 
Well, having gone through that experience, you might think it's surprising that I had to rediscover through having my own children that giving thanks doesn't come naturally to children. And they might occasionally feel feelings of thanksgiving, but even then they have to be taught how to express those feelings of thankfulness when it's appropriate to do so. Because all of us are naturally self-centered. We don't have to learn how to be self-centered, do we? I mean, not once have I had to teach my children anything about how to be selfish. But we do have to learn how to be thankful and how to express our thanks. Thanksgiving requires learning some disciplines, some habits. And if we work at it with our children, they eventually learn the manners of Thanksgiving, they learn to say thank you when someone compliments them or or gives something to them. But developing a thankful heart goes much deeper than that. A thankful heart requires a deeper kind of lesson than simply nice manners. And as an adult, I find that I'm still learning to develop a thankful heart. And so with that in mind, Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 17, because in this chapter there's a story that's instructive for us on the process of developing a thankful heart. Luke chapter 17, verse 11, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem and he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. And lifting up their voices, they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Ten leprous outcasts who are dying slowly of their dreadful disease. And these guys see Jesus, the miracle worker, the all-powerful one coming their way. And they say, I wonder if he does lepers. I've heard he does all kinds of healers. You think he does lepers? The text says they stood at a distance. That's because they're such social outcasts that they they were required by Jewish law to shout unclean, unclean everywhere they went to warn people to keep their distance from their dreadful disease. And so they're standing at a distance and they're wondering, should we even try? But they decide we certainly have nothing to lose. And so they all cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Come and apply your healing power to our disease. To which Jesus replied, all right, no problem. Here's what needs to happen. You go and show yourselves to the priests. 
You see, the priests had to verify it whenever someone got healed of a disease like leprosy and declare them ceremonially clean before they could rejoin society and not have to go around shouting unclean anymore or live as outcasts outside the city. And I can just see these lepers looking at each other and saying, okay, let me get this straight. You you want us to walk all the way into the city and show ourselves to the priests and have the priests tell us what we already know, that we have lepers. I mean, look at it. We're dying of the stuff. Nothing's changed. And maybe some of them were complaining, saying, this is stupid. I'm not going. Are you going? I'll just get humiliated again. But then maybe one of them looks at Jesus and says, fellas, suppose something miraculous happens between here and there. And suppose Jesus is just waiting to see if we will have the faith to believe that he will use his healing power along the way. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm going to go see the priests. And I'm going to find out if anything's going to happen between here and there. What does Luke 17, 14 say? The others must have bought in because the text says, as they went, as they were en route, they were healed. They were cleansed of their leprosy. Now, one of these guys, when when he sees that he has been healed, he does a U-turn. And he praises God and he falls at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And Jesus' response is telling. You can tell that Jesus is disappointed, not in this one guy who came back and gave thanks, but in the nine who didn't. He says, weren't there ten? Why didn't the others come back? I wish they would have. And conversely, Jesus is pleased with the thanks of this one Samaritan leper. You can tell it moved him. It made a difference to Jesus. And so, friends, for us today, I believe that it's clear from this story that God is pleased when we give him thanks for his blessings. Now, I could stand up here and try to convince all of you about the benefits that that we derive from giving thanks to God. You know, to try to inspire us to give thanks because of what it does for us. But that's not the point of this text. The, the focus of this text is the effect, believe it or not, that our thanks has on God. God is pleased when we give him thanks. It makes a difference to him. And because I believe that most of us in this room are ultimately interested in pleasing God, the question then for us is, Well, how do I develop a more thankful heart? I want my thanks to please God, but so often, quite honestly, I'm not very thankful. I'm naturally self-centered. So what can we learn from this former leper that can help us develop a heart of thankfulness that pleases God? Well, in this text, I can see three steps to developing a thankful heart. That pleases God. You knew you were going to get three steps at some point along the way here. So the first step in developing a thankful heart is to recognize that you have a reason to be thankful to God. 
Recognize that you have a reason to be thankful to God. If you're an outline person, that's point one there. So verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed. Certainly this guy recognized that he had a reason to be thankful to God. It would be pretty hard to miss being healed of leprosy. But most of us have a much harder time recognizing the reasons that we have to be thankful to God. The pace of our lives moves such that we don't stop to notice or or celebrate God's blessings very often or for very long. And we've got short memories. I mean, how soon we forget or even fail to recognize in the first place the blessings that God orchestrates on our behalf. Now, God knows all about the human tendency toward self-centeredness and toward failure to remember what he has done for his people. And so in the Old Testament, he built into the calendar of the nation of Israel all these feasts and, and celebrations that were designed to commemorate what God has done for his people. He's done the same for the church today. I'll talk more about that in a few minutes. But I'm glad that God has done this because we need to build into our busy lives the habit of just pushing the pause button every now and then to catalog some of the blessings that that he has given us. Maybe mealtime prayers, you know, family discussions around the dinner table or, or bedtime prayers would be a good time to pause and think about some of the blessings that God has sent your way during the day that might have escaped your notice. It would be a great discipline to build into our lives a a few minutes of thoughtful reflection with a view to thanksgiving. That again, pleases God. But even if you decide to begin or, or to improve your habit of consistently giving thanks to God, you may still struggle to recognize some of these blessings. We just miss them. And so I thought, well, maybe some categories would help us see the reasons that we have to be thankful to God more clearly. So here's some categories. First, sometimes we recognize that we have reason to be thankful for getting what we asked for. We get what we asked for, and so we're thankful. This this was the case with the leper. He had a need that only God could fill, and, and so he cried out to God and asked him to fill it. And God did. And when God did, the the healed leper recognized that he had a reason to be thankful because he got what he asked for. And sometimes this is the case with us. We have a need and so we pray and we ask God to meet the need and God comes through. And so we recognize that God has done it and so we're thankful. Well, that's one obvious category that may help us to recognize the reasons that we have to be thankful to God. Had any of those lately? Answered prayers are a great reason to thank God when we get what we asked for. Now, other times we can be thankful to God for not getting what we asked for. On more than one occasion in my life, generally at major career thresholds that would involve moving my family to a new state and a new church, new job, when we were seeking God's direction for the next step. And we were praying that there were some opportunities that seemed like a good fit 
all the way around in terms of my gifts and and the church's needs on the other end. And and my wife and I were praying that God would lead the church as he saw fit. But our desires were that they would extend an invitation for me to come and, and be their pastor. And on two occasions, in two different chapters of, of my life, I've gone through that search process. And it is a long, arduous process over several months. But on two separate occasions, it, it's gone all the way to the end, favorably. And then at the 11th hour, God has opened up some other opportunity that wasn't even on the radar. It was a perfect fit that, that never even entered our minds. And that went from start to finish in a matter of days. God did not give me what I asked for. Because he had other plans that were better than mine. God is omniscient. And we are not. He can see the end from the beginning and and we can't. And so sometimes in his sovereignty he does not give us what we ask for. Because he knows that it's not in our best interests. He's got a better plan. And so sometimes we look back down the road and we can recognize in hindsight that we have reason to be thankful to God for not getting what we asked for. And then at other times, God sort of ambushes us with blessings. And so another category that we can be thankful for is getting what we did not ask for from God. We can be thankful for getting what we asked for, for for not getting what we asked for, and for getting what we did not ask for. From God. Yesterday was a rather huge and obvious example of this in my life. Oh, I prayed repeatedly that God would provide for my mom's every need. And he did. When my dad died three and a half years ago. And since that time, God has abundantly provided for her through the tender care of this church. Friends, you have no idea the comfort that Kerrville Bible Church has given me. 1,200 miles away, knowing that when something broke, someone from this church would be out there to fix it. And they'd fix it right up and right now. And when she needed friends, here they are. You people take such good care of each other. And she needed it. I can say this because she's not here, but you know, my mom knows her way around the kitchen. I mean, she can handle herself quite well there and she can pick apart a Bible passage like Tom Brady can pick apart a defense, but she couldn't hang a picture. (laughs) She never had to because Buzz Kerr. And so I am so grateful for the people of this church for taking care of my mom. I mean, I prayed about that many times and God more than gave what I asked for. But I never prayed, not even once, not one time, that God would give her another husband. (laughs) Duh. I'll be honest with you, God gives us what we ask for, but it's a good thing that that's not all he gives us. Because not only am I slow to ask, when I finally get around to it, I'm too stupid to ask for the right things. 
But because he loves us, sometimes God gives us what we didn't even ask for. And when he does, we should recognize this, his good hand of providence as another reason to give him thanks. And so another category of reasons to thank God in addition to getting what we asked for, not getting what we asked for, and getting what we didn't ask for, is not getting what we deserve from God. And this is where we thank God for His mercy toward us. And those of us who have trusted Christ to save us from God's wrath over our sin have received mercy instead of condemnation. Justice would demand that we pay the penalty for our sin. But because God wanted to show us mercy, our sin penalty was shouldered by His own Son, Jesus, who went to the cross to pay for our sin. We deserve justice, but because of Christ, we receive mercy instead. The Apostle Paul was thankful for not getting what he deserved. He wrote in 1 Timothy 1.13, Though formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent opponent, that is, of Jesus Christ and His church, but I received mercy. Because of His sins, Paul deserved condemnation from God. But because of Christ, God did not give Paul what he deserved. Even those of us who have not yet trusted Christ have received mercy from God. You woke up this morning, another day, another opportunity to trust Christ so that you won't have to bear the penalty for your own sin in eternity. Oh, friends, are you thankful for God's mercy? The longer I've been a Christian, the more thankful I become for the mercy of God. For God not giving me what I deserve. Still, when I routinely turn my back on Him. And then one more category of reasons to thank God is we can be thankful for getting what we do not deserve from God. And this is the flip side of God's mercy, what the Bible calls grace. God in His mercy holds back from us what we do deserve, and then in His grace He gives us what we do not deserve. Ephesians 2 tells us that we were far away from God, but His grace has brought us near to Him. We were strangers and foreigners, and now we're citizens of His kingdom and members of His very own household. Now we are sons and daughters. Of God. Have you thanked God lately for His amazing grace? Have you recognized that reason to be thankful? It's a big reason, friends. So maybe these categories can help you recognize blessings that God has given you so that you can thank Him. But let me just remind you that the natural human tendency is toward self-centeredness. And so we need to ask the Spirit of God to bring to our minds the things that we need to thank Him for. And if you sit down during the day and think through these categories, maybe the Holy Spirit will help you recognize the reasons you have to be thank, uh, thankful to God. And that's the first step, really, in developing a thankful heart. Because then the Holy Spirit uses those blessings to nudge us toward a second step. 
The second step in developing a thankful heart toward God is to realize that you have a debt of thanksgiving that you owe to God. Realize that you have a debt of thanksgiving that you owe to God. Now, this is a very quick but important step. It's not directly stated in our passage in Luke 17. I believe it's implied that once the leper saw that he had been healed, he immediately made the connection between his healing and his healer. You see, as the leper was stopped in his tracks on the way to see the priests with the recognition that he'd been healed, immediately he's blown away by the change that has happened to him. I mean, he can't believe it. And in his excitement, he probably starts thinking about all the changes that this is going to mean for him. I'm no no longer going to have to live in constant humiliation. I mean, certainly this is going to make a huge difference in my relationships. Maybe I'll even be able to start a family. And, And then there's the whole job market. Whole new opportunities there. I'll be able to move back inside the city. And suddenly it hits him like a truck. Jesus did this for me. What do I do? I gotta do something. Maybe I could be his own personal slave and wait on him hand and foot for the rest of my life. It wouldn't begin to make up for what he's done for me. There's no way I can somehow pay him back. But that doesn't mean I can't be thankful. I I have to thank him. It, It would be unthinkable for me not to thank him. You see what happened? The leper made the connection between the gift and the giver. Between his healing and the healer. He realized that his healing put him in a position of indebtedness to God. And while he couldn't do anything to pay God back, he realized that would be futile. But he realized that he owed God his thanks. The same thing happens with us. And when you go through this process of formally recognizing all the reasons you have to be thankful to God, and when you stack up those blessings one on top of each other, you begin to feel this sense of debt. God, what did I ever do to deserve the blessings that you have given me? I don't. And then, oh God, what could I ever do to repay you for the blessings that you have given me? And the answer quickly comes, nothing. I could never possibly repay such a great debt for such great grace. But surely I owe him my thanks. I ought to thank him. And so once you recognize that you have reason to give thanks, that causes you to realize that you have a debt of thanksgiving which you owe to God. There's a sense of oughtness that you're carrying. You realize that you ought to thank God. And then you're ready to move on to the third and most obvious step in developing a thankful heart, which is to return to God and express your thanks. You see, in our text, in Luke chapter 17, when the leper saw that he had been healed, he turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, let me ask you a question. 
how do you think the other nine lepers felt? Immediately following their healing. Now we could speculate about that. And probably all ten felt overwhelming feelings of gratitude for their healing. Is there really any doubt that all ten felt feelings of thankfulness toward Jesus for having healed them? I don't think so. But only one of them made the transition from feeling feelings of gratitude into the act of thanksgiving. You see, there's a big difference between feeling feelings of gratitude and actually thanking God. And Jesus asked the question, indicating his disappointment with the other nine. Weren't there ten of you? What happened to the other guys? They just out there feeling feelings of thanksgiving? Why didn't they come back and express those feelings? I wish they would have. Sometimes we think that just feeling thankful is the rough equivalent of expressing our thanks to God. And it just isn't so. Let me remind you that God is pleased when we return to Him and express our thanks to Him. He doesn't need our thanks, but it still pleases Him. Well, how do we express our thanks to God? I mean, you can, you can say it, you can write it, you can sing it, or, or even paint it, carve it, sculpt it, dance it. You can be as creative as you want in expressing your thanks to God. Some of the Psalms are very artistic in their expressions of thanks to God. There are examples in Scripture of people going to all sort of creative measures to express their thanks. And certainly God is honored when we use the creative abilities that He has blessed us with to return thanks to Him with, with excellence in some special way. And so feel free to do that. But if you're not artistically inclined, not to worry. God is just as pleased with your heartfelt thanks. I mean, the leper didn't bother to come up with something creative. He didn't wordsmith it or say, Most kind and gracious Master, I humbly submit to you my deepest and most sincere appreciation for restoring my flesh to its pristine, pre-leprous condition. He didn't bother with that. The text says that he went back glorifying God with a loud voice. You might say he was shameless in his thanksgiving. He didn't care who heard him or what they thought. He desperately wanted Jesus to know how much he appreciated what Jesus had done for him. He wasn't going to let anything stand in his way, and we shouldn't either. So none of us should say that we don't give God thanks very often because we don't know how. It could be a quick word. It could be a creative word. It could be a loud word. Healed leper style. It doesn't so ma- matter so much how you do it. It just matters that you do it. Frequently. Recognize that you have reason to thank God. Realize that you have a debt of thanksgiving that you owe. To God. But don't stop there. Return to God and express your thanks to Him. Now let me suggest one more very special way of expressing our thanks corporately to God for His many blessings. 
We're not going to do this this morning, by the way. You have received instruction on this many times, I'm quite certain, uh, from Pastor McKnight. But it is a Thanksgiving meal. Most of us gathered around the table uh, this past week, probably several times, and ate food in Thanksgiving for God's blessings, a special celebration. And that's all very wonderful. But there is another Thanksgiving meal that Jesus has instituted for his church. Some of you remember the old Catholic word for communion or for the Lord's table. It is called the Eucharist. It is taken from a Greek word that means he gave thanks. It's a Thanksgiving meal. When Jesus instituted the sacrament of the Eucharist, Luke 22 tells us that he took some bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it, saying, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, when Jesus commanded that we take communion to remember him, he wasn't just telling us to remember that he existed on this planet or even that he died a horrible death on a Roman cross. It isn't just about remembering facts. When he says, do this in remembrance of me, he's saying, this is my body, which was broken and torn for you. This is my blood, which I sacrificed and poured out for you. Don't forget what I've done for you. And when we remember him in this way, what are we doing? We recognize that we have reason to be thankful. We realize that we have a debt of thanks that we owe to God. And we return to him in our hearts and we express our thanks. It is with thankful hearts that we are to remember him. Do you want your life to please God this morning? Then you are interested in developing a thankful heart. Build some habits into your life where you stop to recognize the reasons that you have to be thankful to God. Let the Holy Spirit use those reasons to help you realize that you owe God your thanks for what he has done for you. And return to him and simply offer him your thanks. Let's pray and do that this morning. God, this past week, many of us paused and perhaps we went around tables and we spoke of ways that you have blessed us, uh, things that you have done in our lives, ways that you have answered our prayers and given us what we asked for. Lord, you have done that. And we're so grateful for that. Lord, we're grateful for not giving us in your sovereignty and your wisdom for not giving us some of the things that we have asked for from time to time. You were a great God for not leading us down a path that we wanted to go. Lord, we are grateful for giving us what we did not ask for. Ways that you have blessed us that we never saw coming. And I, above all men, am most thankful for that this week. Lord, we are grateful that you have not given us what we deserve because of our sins. You have given us mercy when we deserved only justice. You have poured out your justice on Christ. 
and so have given us what we did not deserve, which is your grace. You have saved us. You have canceled our debt. You have included us in your very own family and called us sons and daughters. Well, because of all of these reasons, we just want to tell you that we thank you. We love you this morning. We pray that you would bring these things to our mind often so that we would return to you and express our thanks. As we do now, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.